Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast, as we react to a Giants victory on this Sunday 1 p.m. game versus the Commanders. The Giants win 14-7, their first home win of the year. They scored their first offensive touchdown in like three games. They scored a couple, actually, in the second quarter. Uh, the offense did slow down in the second half, but 14 points was enough. The defense has been much better lately, um, the past two games especially, so that's good to see. But yeah, I mean, look, wasn't the highest scoring game, wasn't the most exciting game, but it did come down to the last couple of plays. The commanders had a fourth and five right near the Giants end zone to try and uh, tie the game. Sam Howell threw the ball a little behind Jahan Dotson, and that was pretty much all she wrote. So a close ending there. Giants go to 2-5 and five on the year. Now, if you're a person that wants to tank, I mean, the good news is that a lot of teams that the Giants were competing for the first pick with, um, they also lost. That would be the Patriots, the Bears, and some other crappy teams probably won. It was a weird week, honestly. So anyway... I think a win is good today. A win is good today. I can't really complain. Um, the Giants did not lose many uh, spots in the draft, and it's always good to win. So 2-5 and five now. We'll see if they can build some momentum here with the Jets and the Raiders, I believe, coming up. So anything's possible. But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the video. Leave a like. Always helps out. And let's get into it. We'll start with the offense, as we always do. Um, Tyrod played pretty well for the most part. He was 18 of 29, 279, and two touchdowns, no turnovers. You know, I mean, once again, they were really good in the second quarter. It felt like in the second half, the Giants offense couldn't really get things going. It felt like a lot of third and longs, they would dump it down the wall or he would just come up like very short, make it third and one, third and two. So they would punt a lot. But they had that one drive in the fourth quarter with the big throw to Jalen Hyatt for 42 yards, I believe. It was challenged. The call stood on the field. So that was a good throw, good catch by Hyatt. And then Saquon Barkley in the uh, red zone fumbles. And I believe that's Saquon's second lost fumble in his entire career. So not something you see very often from him. But, you know, there was the lost fumble in the red zone. There was the missed field goal by Gano, where clearly the wind impacted that. So I can't be that mad at Gano for it because that's just how MetLife gets sometimes. But, you know, I think the Meadowlands is probably worse with the wind. But, yeah, MetLife is pretty bad, too. So, yeah, just uh, unfortunate event there but you know they left some points out there but you know 14 points I mean it, it's about on par for what the Giants have been doing this year you know it's not great not what you want but um you know it's good enough when your defense is playing this well um we'll get to them later Saquon was 21 carries 77 yards so he had 24 carries last week 21 this week so they're not afraid to use him right now Coming off of the injury, Darren Waller's playing well. I got to say, like, I feel like a lot of people were kind of on the uh, Darren Waller is washed bandwagon, but um, the past couple weeks, he's looked pretty good. Of course, he probably should have had a touchdown last week and, you know, it was kind of off his fingertips. Probably could have been pass interference in that last play in Buffalo, but he had eight targets today, holding seven catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. That touchdown was a third down and long, a great throw by Tyrod because it was one of those throws where if he led him, he would have led him right into a big hit by the safety. He kind of had to throw behind him to, um, you know, turn away from the contact. So a great throw, great catch, and, you know, a good game for Darren Waller. Uh, Jalen Hyatt had two catches for 75 yards. Um, I think there was one other catch he almost had too where he, yeah, it was the end zone play. He was very close to a touchdown. So Hyatt had a play, you know, left side of the end zone. 
and he tried to one-hand it, and it, I thought, honestly, from the broadcast view, I don't know how it looked at the game, obviously, it depends where you're sitting, but from the broadcast view on TV, it did look like for a second that Jalen Hyatt caught that ball with like one hand, and that would have been awesome, but you can see the ball pop out there at the end, so almost a touchdown grab, but you can see the impact of Tyrod Taylor on Jalen Hyatt. Like, Jalen Hyatt is progressing more as a player with um with Tyrod at quarterback so you know just got to be honest I mean he had five targets today his longest catch was 42 once again but at least now with Tyrod they're taking shots down the field that was something Daniel Jones was just not doing very often but with Tyrod the Giants have been taking more deep shots I want to pull up Tyrod's like next gen stats page just to see how many deep shots they took in this game because you know there just is a noticeable difference with the offense from Tyrod to Daniel Jones and I'm sure, you know, people will say, oh, Justin Pugh, oh, he's helping, oh, Tyree Phillips. I, yeah, like, I get it. There's new offensive linemen. But if you think that Justin Pugh played well today, even, even last week he wasn't that good. But, it's, you know, Justin Pugh was not it. He was not good today. Um, Chase Young stole his lunch money today, basically. He was not very good. All right, so over 20 yards, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, six throws over 20 yards. Three of these were completed, and the uh, three that were not completed were all to the left sideline, so that's kind of weird. But, yeah, I mean, they're just pushing the ball more downfield. There was, you know, two passes over 30 yards, so that was good to see. I mean, it's just like there's just more um, – it's just more of a vertical offense with Tyrod, plain and simple. So I'm happy to see that. I know, you know, the fan base always wants to make excuses about, oh, Jones has no time to throw, which is true. You know, there wasn't much time to throw, but – once again, you don't need a perfect offensive line to take deep shots. All you need is like one high safety and pick one side of the field where he not where he's not at and give your receiver a one-on-one -on -one chance. And Tyrod has done that. And honestly, Tyrod, for a guy who's 34, I think he's 34, um, mid-30s to be safe, he is still laying out a great deep ball. Like his deep ball has looked great so far this year. He may have had one overthrow on a deep ball to uh, Hyatt today, but aside from that, like even last week, he was putting the ball in a bucket to Slayton, to Hyatt, whoever. Like he, you know, he's he's laying out a nice deep ball. So um, it's good to see that stuff. You know, the Giants' offensive line is far from perfect, as we know, but it, it doesn't need to be perfect to have a vertical offense. So at least Tyrod's in there proving that. Um, Slayton and Wandale had one catch each for 22 yards, and I believe they were on back to back plays, which is kind of funny. They had identical stat lines two targets, one catch, 22 yards. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But, um, I believe that was a touchdown drive, too. I forget which touchdown it was for. Um, let's see. It, might have, it wasn't the Barkley one. I don't know now. I forget. Maybe it wasn't a touchdown drive. But both those guys made catches, back-to-back -back plays. Um, Wandale made a catch, made a couple guys miss. It was a nice yards-after-catch type of play. And for Slayton, I think Slayton caught a slant over the middle and kind of took it upfield a bit. So that was a nice play by him. And we've seen some more yards after catch by guys in recent weeks. Maybe that has something to do with Tyrod and the ball placement or something. I have no idea. But it just seems like the yards after catch has been way more, um, you know, just common the past couple weeks. But uh, let's see some other team stats offensively. Anything interesting here? 28 minutes time of possession. The Giants had 356 total yards, so that's pretty damn good. Um, they were averaging 5.5 yards per play compared to Washington's 4.1. They took four sacks offensively, lost 29 yards. And I think, you know, on those sacks, I really, I don't know what Tyrod could have done. There were a couple where it was just instant. And some of those were blindsided ones by Chase Young, who once again had his way with Justin Pugh out there. 
But, um, you know, maybe Tyrod could have avoided one of those, but I feel like those four sacks were kind of just like, you know, there's nothing you can do. Um, 106 rushing yards for the Giants, but only 3.3 yards per carry. They were one for two in the red zone, only four penalties for 40 yards, which is not that bad as compared to Washington, who had 10 penalties for 75 yards. There was also that weird play where Tyrod was going to dive for a first down. He would have been short anyway, but I think one of the safeties for the commanders, I think it was Cameron Curl, he hit Tyrod near the head and they threw a flag at first and you're thinking, all right, nice, you know, 15 yards of first down, but they discussed and picked up the flag. So that was kind of shitty, but in their touchdown drive, the first touchdown drive of the game was just, you know, a thing of beauty, just efficient. Um, there were two plays once again for 22 yards each to Slayton and Wandale. There was a 13 yard catch by Waller, a 20 yard rush by Tyrod on the quarterback draw. That was a nice play. Um, then Tyrod took a sack. That was a play. It was weird because I do believe Tyrod was staring down one receiver. I think it was Shepard. I'm pretty sure Shepard was running like a deep slant and he slipped in the end zone. So Tyrod just didn't throw the ball. And by the time he like, you know, looked up, like there was a guy in his face. So that was an unfortunate sack right there. But um, not the best game for Sterling Shepard. He did muff a punt. And we'll get into the punting thing because, you know, that was a... One of the, uh, you know, downsides of this game, I, I just, the special teams is horrific. Um, Giants had a 10-yard holding penalty. They hit Waller for 15 yards, and that was a touchdown, of course. So, yeah, I mean, that was a good drive, of course, to make it 7-0, be the first team to strike in a game like this where you're probably not expecting that many points. The over-under was 37, so, yeah, not many points were even expected in a game like this. Um, but, yeah, we'll touch on the special teams thing real quick. So, Eric Gray got the first punt return and he muffed it and Nick McLeod who actually had a really good game today he made like a couple impact plays Nick McLeod um recovered that fumble so that was you know no harm no foul whatever but you know then they brought in Sterling Shepard to return punts and I think that was either the third I think it was the third quarter this happened and Shepard muffed the punt and and I think there were two commanders right there just to hop on it and that was pretty much it so you know, a rough day with the punting there. And I think Darius Slayton by the end was returning punts. I think he let it go and, you know, there was no problem there. I went for a touchback, but three different punt returners in one game. One left due to injury. Eric Gray apparently had a calf injury. How much of that's real? How much of that is like we just benched him? I don't know. I mean, he probably was actually hurt, but just a pretty weird coincidence that he gets benched or, you know, gets hurt after that. But, uh, yeah, the special teams is, you know, it's annoying. It, it pisses us off. But it's just one of those things where, like, just just get it right. It's like it's not that hard. Like, it is hard to catch a punt. I will say it is hard. But when you're in the NFL, like, we got to get this done, guys. Come on. Yeah, I mean, there were plays. Like, if Saquon doesn't fumble in the end zone, not in the end zone, on the, in the red zone, I meant to say, then this game is probably over way quicker. There were certain plays if the Giants made them, this game could have been over way sooner. Like even the Graham Gano missed field goal, the cave on Thibodeau dropped interception. That could have been a pick six. I mean, that was horrible. A tough ball because it was just like rotating really weird, but like still like, come on, <laughs> come on, cave on. Let's catch these uh, interceptions here. Um, but yeah, like the Saquon red zone uh, fumble, like they, there were a lot of missed opportunities out there today and they still won the game. Which, as I said, the commanders, based on the penalties and some of the things they did wrong, they're not a good team. Like, they find ways to beat themselves just as much as anybody. And the commanders were also 1 for 15 on third down, which is very tough to win at. Um, the Giants were 5 for 16, so obviously much better. Not great, but much better than what the commanders were doing. Fourth down, they were 2 for 3. I think those came on the final drive for Washington, but still. Like, when you're when you're 1 for 15 on third down, that is pretty rough. Um, 
what else for the Giants offense before I go on to the defense? Uh, I wrote down that Pugh got cooked by Chase Young a couple times. I mean, that's probably an understatement. Um, there was a play. This, you know, I also like this about Tyrod Taylor. So there was a third and forever. It was probably like third and 20-something. And they were probably like on their own 40 or something around there. And I love when quarterbacks do this because with defensive backs not being disciplined and as so many penalties these days and defensive holding, pass interference, whatever, Tyrod decides to just F it and throw it up to the end zone. Or I think it fell to like the Washington five yard line, but he takes a deep shot to Jalen Hyatt in double coverage, which if it's intercepted is basically an arm punt. Like it's fine. Like even if it's picked, it's fine. You know, there's not much of an upside of throwing a dump off to your running back or, or a dump off to your tight end on a third and 20, right? Like that's just not going to work. The only time it's ever worked, I feel like, was that one random play from Ray Rice back in like 2012, the uh, hey diddle diddle Ray Rice up the middle play. But aside from that, most times when you check it down on third and 20, third and 25, you ain't going nowhere. And I do believe the Ray Rice play was on like fourth down and 27. So that's even crazier. But anyway, Tyrod gave Hyatt a shot. It almost got picked, and Hyatt actually was playing defense on that play. And after the play, Hyatt was kind of like, you know, waving his hands like a defensive backwood. But I do like that stuff. Like, give your guys a chance. You know, maybe, just maybe, it causes a pass interference and you get the ball on Washington's five-yard line or something. Like, it's better than a stupid check down that's going nowhere. You can't be reckless with the ball, but in situations like that where you're going to punt anyway, you might as well try and get a you know defensive penalty. So I did like that by Tyrod Taylor. For the Giants' defense, who have now stepped up in back-to-back games, we know how well they played against the Bills last week, only holding them to 14 points and no points in the first three quarters. Um, you know, they did all they can today. Once again, just a good outing by them. Um, we mentioned in the preview how many sacks that, uh, Sam Howell takes and he's on track to be like the most sacked quarterback ever. As we said, um, he took six sacks today. I mean, just the giants are not a team that should sack you six times. Not, not to say anything bad about the giants, but like, this is not OC Tuck and JPP and whoever, like, straight hand. This is not that kind of defensive line. But, yeah, it's, it's a good defensive line. They have good players, good names, but, like, six sacks? I mean, that's pretty crazy. So, yeah, Sam Howell has an addiction to taking sacks. I don't know what it is, but um, did have an interception. First interception of his career, actually, for Mr. Deontay Banks, who made a great play. In zone, he read the quarterback's eyes, he saw what was happening behind him, went back and undercut it, made a great play. So that was great to see by Deontay Banks. A couple guys dropped interceptions. Um, what's his name? Trey Hawkins had one that went through his arms. It was a tough play. Like He threw a... Um, Put a lot of mustard on that, I'll basically say. Like he threw a, a fast ball to the middle of the field, Sam Howell, and it went through the arms of Trey Hawkins. So, like, that was tough to get, obviously. It's not like a dropped interception, but he could have caught it. Then there was the one that was tipped up and went through Kayvon Thibodeau's hands, which is, like, that was probably definitely more of a drop but as i said earlier it was kind of like it had weird spin on it it was just like a, a weird ball to catch it wasn't like it was just floating up there it was a weird ball but anyway um i mentioned the commanders being one for 15 on third down and as i said before when you do that i mean it's so tough for the opponent to win so a great job by the third down defense and, and martindale sending pressure when needed um but yeah we, we saw an erratic quarterback today like sam howell is a guy who He'll make his nice throws. He'll make his nice plays. He made the nice throw to McLaurin where he almost scored a touchdown. And luckily, um, McKinney hit him in the head, so he was down. But he made a nice throw there. Um, 
There was another nice throw down the right sideline to somebody. He made some nice throws over the middle, made a couple nice throws to uh, Logan Thomas. Like, he makes plays, Sam Howell, but he also does some really dumb things like hold on to the ball and put the ball in harm's way. So he's a guy who has to develop more. I don't know if he's the answer there, but there's definitely some red flags. Um, but he was 22 of 42, not a great percentage for him. They only had one turnover, um, rushing wise for the commanders, their rushing offense wasn't anything great. 76 yards on 19 carries. I don't think Brian Robinson had a great game. He did score a touchdown. So if you have him in fantasy, he probably salvaged his day, but eight for 23 for Brian Robinson, 2.9 a carry did have the touchdown. Antonio Gibson was two for seven. Chris Rodriguez, who I don't even know who that is, but seven carries for 31 yards. I guess he's kind of taken over for Gibson. I feel like Gibson's only like a third and long type back for them, which like it's crazy how far he's fallen so far in his career. But for the Giants, we saw Dexter Lawrence play well. We saw Kayvon play well. I got to give a shout out to Leonard Williams, who blocked a field goal on this one when it was 7-14. to Which, by the way, I don't know why the hell Ron Rivera went for um, went for a field goal there. So the situation was, it was a 4th and 3, down by 7. I think early 4th quarter, so probably like 10-11 minutes left. But you're down by 7, and it's a 4th and 3. So... Ron Rivera decides to go from a, you know, try to make it a seven-point game to a four-point game, which I don't necessarily get because it's still a, it's still a, a touchdown game. I could see if it was 13-7 and a field goal would make it a 10-13 to 13 game and cut it to three, but when you cut the lead to four, what are you really doing? You know, I don't get it. So Ron Rivera, who between not going for it in Philly a couple weeks ago when they could have won that game and between, you know, this move right here, I think even last week he did something stupid too, but... You know, I just don't know why he wouldn't go for that, but it benefits the Giants. It was blocked by by Leo once again, so that was good to see. It was actually the first New York Giants blocked kick since Kerry Wynn back in 2017. That was Jordan Ronan who tweeted that. Um, Kerry Wynn was a great preseason guy. He was a great preseason player. He He's a guy I forgot about, but yeah, Kerry Wynn, name from the past. But um, what else? I mean, the defense for the most part, played very well. I mean, I, I really can't say anything bad about them. When you give up seven points in today's NFL, pretty freaking good. I know that the commanders don't have some high-powered offense, but I feel like their offense is decent, like they're good enough. They were averaging 22.2 points per game. That was 15th in the NFL coming into this one. They had the 10th most passing attempts. So, you know, still a lot of attempts for uh, for Howell in this one. But, you know, the defense stepped out today. They got the pressure a lot of guys chipped in. Okereke was playing well once again. I think Micah McFadden got hurt. I, I forget if he left the game. I, I could have sworn he did for a second, but I want to see what his injury is real quickly because he's a guy who's been playing well this year. So if he's out for a bit, that would really suck. But I do hope he's fine. Oh, yeah, he came back in. Yeah, he should be fine. So hopefully he's all right. Um, some other big defensive plays. I mentioned some of the misinterceptions. That was stuff they probably should have uh, capitalized on, but is what it is. Dexter Lawrence had a sack on the first drive. I mentioned that Trey Hawkins missed interception. Um, Leo sacked Howell on a stunt. It was a third and four. They were about at the 40-yard line. They were about to get into field goal range. So that was a big play by Leo, who once again played very well today. Like a lot of times, Leonard Williams does not seem very noticeable out there, but today he was. He definitely played like a... Uh, 
what's he made like 25 mil this year or something like he played like that type of player today i mentioned nick mcleod he even had a nice pass breakup on terry mclaurin running a comeback and i mentioned that he recovered that punt that was muffed by uh by eric gray as well so you know nick mcleod a guy who just randomly had a nice game today but we'll take it dexter lawrence had another sack i think Kayvon got half a sack for that one too i guess for deontay banks next time he finds himself in that situation where a guy makes a catch and falls to the ground you have to touch him like i think it's one of the things that concerns me about rookie defenders, especially guys in the secondary, that they're so used to the college rules where if you fall to the ground, you're down and that's it. They're so used to college rules that when they get to the NFL, they sometimes forget, like, if a guy makes a catch and goes to the ground, you have to touch him. It's still a live play. So I feel like he forgot to touch him there. Luckily, McKinney hit him in the face mask before he went to the ground. So it was counted as a tackle. But um, we saw the same thing back in 2015 with Landon Collins. It was that... Patriots game where that was an excruciating loss they definitely should have won that game I believe Landon also dropped an interception in that game that would have locked it up so like that was just a rough rookie game for Landon Collins but that's what that reminds me of every single time there's two things that remind me with the Giants right um rookie defenders that don't touch a guy when he's on the ground that reminds me of Landon Collins in 2015 and guys that for some reason feel the kickoffs and run out of bounds when they easily could have let the ball just go out of bounds and take the ball out to 40, which would be great, of course. Um, that's called a Bobby Rainey, who did that back in the 2016 uh, wild card round against the Packers in the playoff game. The Giants were down by like two scores. And Bobby Rainey, instead of letting the ball go out of bounds and taking over at the 40, he catches the ball, catches the kickoff, and goes out of bounds and takes the ball at like the three. I was like, oh my gosh. Just I, Even thinking about it just irks me. So... We have the Bobby Rainey play and the Landon Collins play, and those will always stick with me as a Giants fan, definitely. So shout out to those guys. Um, look at the box score defensively. Trying to see what a big game in the box score. Dexter Lawrence had two sacks, one tackle for a loss. So Karake had 11 total tackles, seven solo. One and a half sacks for Kayvon Thibodeau, one solo, one tackle for a loss. Jason Pinnock actually had a nice game. Four solo tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss. Leo had two tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss, and of course the blocked kick. Mike McFadden had half a sack and five total tackles. And Xavier McKinney had three solo tackles as well. And McKinney almost had a great interception against Logan Thomas. He like kind of pinned it against his ear, but the ball kind of like fell out, but it would have been a great pick. And I do believe he got his feet in too. So if he was able to get that, that would have been awesome. But it is what it is. David Mayo had nine solo tackles. Old friend of Dave Gettleman, Dave David Mayo. I forgot he's in the NFL, so shout out to him as well. Um, all right, so I think that'll do it. As I mentioned, it's a good day to win because a lot of teams the Giants are fighting for draft position with, they lost today. So, you know, that's kind of the silver lining here. But as I mentioned, the Giants have three easier matchups coming up. Um, they have a home game next week, technically a home game, with the Jets. The Giants right now are three-point underdogs in that game. That can change, of course. Um, then they're at the Raiders in week nine. So they have a chance to win these next two games, get back to four and five, and, and really have you know some momentum going their way. And even after that, like the remaining schedule, we'll just go through it here. Why not? You got the Jets next week. You're at the Raiders after that, at the Cowboys after that, which is tough, at the Commanders week 11, home versus the Patriots in week 12, who actually beat the Bills today, which is like pretty surprising. I think they were like seven and a half point dogs, and that was kind of a fishy line. I should have taken the Patriots. That was dumb. But anyway, um, so home versus the Patriots in week 12, 
then you have a bye, then you're home for week 14 versus the Packers, who their offense looks pretty broken right now. At the Saints in week 15, I'm not that impressed by the Saints right now. I mean, their entire offense is dump off the ball to Kamara and Derek Carr, throw the ball out of bounds and bitch about it. That's pretty much their offense right now. Their defense is good, though, I got to say. Um, at Philly in week 16, home versus the Rams in week 17. The Rams are iffy. It depends if they're healthy by that point. That's, you know, the last day of December, so a long way to go. And week 18 is home versus the Eagles. So we'll see what happens in those matchups. But um, there's a good amount of winnable games here. I mentioned the next two games, Jets and Raiders are winnable. At Washington's winnable. Home versus the Patriots. Home versus the Packers. At the Saints is probably a bit tough. I feel like the Giants never play well there. They did that one year back in 2021. But before that, like I feel like they never won there. I feel like every time it was a Drew Brees team, they beat the crap out of the Giants every single time. Um so at the Eagles after that, that's tough, obviously. Home versus the Rams, home versus the Eagles. Depends who's healthy or the Eagles playing for anything. So it's hard to even, like, you know, talk about that game right now. But anyway, um, that's probably going to do it for this game. I'm trying to see if there's any type of uh, offensive stats that stand out to me. Um, will there be a Tyrod and Daniel Jones debate? There probably will be. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. I'm Like, Tyrod hasn't, like, you know, been this fantastic it's not like a Lynn Sanity thing where he's out here like lighting the world on fire but you can tell the offense looks better with Tyrod that's no secret at this point like it is what it is uh the Daniel Jones fanboys will say oh well Justin Pugh's there oh Tyree Phillips is oh Saquon Barkley's back but like listen I mean you can just tell the offense looks a lot better the defense looks a lot better since Tyrod's taken over um could it be a coincidence I don't know I mean Xavier McKinney made a lot of uh suspicious comments about the offense when Daniel Jones was still playing I don't know you know I'm trying to like just um you know maybe think outside the box here but you know I I kind of enjoy watching Tyrod play like you, you can't lie. It's it's more fun watching the Giants offense when Tyrod plays because he's better at extending plays. He's, you know, going to take more deep shots. Like, it's just more fun to watch. Like, with Daniel Jones, it's like watching a robot who is told by Brian Dable, like, okay, take the easy throw or just run the ball by yourself. And, like, that's kind of like a crappy offense to watch sometimes. At least with Tyrod, like, you don't know what's going to happen. Could it be a 60-yard bomb to uh, Jalen Hyatt? Could it be a... 30-yard down the sideline throw to Darius Slayton? Could it be a up the seam for 25 yards to uh, to Darren Waller? Could it be a, um, you know, Tyrod dodges two pass rushers and runs for, you know, seven, eight yards? Like, you never know. So, I mean, it's, it's more fun to watch Tyrod, but I get the optics of it. It's tough to pay a quarterback as much as they pay Daniel Jones and bench him after, like, five starts. You just can't do it. So, you know, Tyrod may give this team the best chance to win right now, but... Once again, the optics, the contract, the age gap between Jones and Tyrod, all the signs are pointing to if Daniel Jones is healthy enough to play, he's going to play. So far, he has not been cleared for contact. Will he be cleared for contact? I don't know. That's like a big hurdle to clear, obviously. But if he does, then I think Daniel Jones is still the quarterback one, even though at the same time, I do think Tyrod Taylor gives this team a better chance to win right now. And I do think people realize that this week, there will always be people that are going to defend Daniel Jones, no matter what. But I think just being logical, being fair to both parties here, I think it's pretty clear that the offense looks more functional with Tyrod Taylor. The defense has played better for Tyrod Taylor. And there shouldn't be much of an argument. Like they held the freaking bills to 14 points last week. So you know, it's quite a debate, but 
you sign him this offseason, and it kind of is what it is. Like, they have to play him, and hopefully it still goes well. But at least Tyrod has showed us, he showed us that you can take deep shots, you can extend plays, you can do these certain things, even with a not-so-good offensive line. And I did see a tweet before, probably like a couple hours ago, that the Giants are aiming to get Andrew Thomas back against the Jets next week. That would be massive. We'll see if that happens. You can hopefully put Justin Pugh back to the guard where he belongs. Um, maybe even keep Tyree Phillips at right tackle. But once again, you can't really stunt the growth of Evan Neal because that's a guy you took in the first round last year. So a lot of it is like, you know, the optics, the politics of it. Like, you can't take a right tackle in the first round last year and give up on him after one year in, in seven games or whatever. So, you know, same thing with uh, Daniel Jones. You can't pay him four years, 160 mil, and give up after five starts. It, you just can't do certain things in this league. So, is, is Tyree Phillips a bit better right now at right tackle? He might be. Is, is Tyrod Taylor better at quarterback right now for this team? Probably. But you can't do these things because of the optics of it. It's just not going to happen. Um, if it does, I'd be shocked. I guess I can't say it's not going to happen because, you know, crazier things have happened before. But my best educated guess is that Jones is back when he's healthy and Evan Neal's back at right tackle starting when he's healthy. So that's how I see this thing playing out. But yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed the win. We don't get many of them. Um, you know, that's pretty much all I can say for that. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the video, and I'll talk to you guys probably uh, tomorrow, reacting to week number seven in the NFL.